Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Clay Johnson, CEO and co-founder of CashQ Systems. Clay has more than 25 years of executive management experience across a broad spectrum of technologies, including computing, security, semiconductors, and EDA tools. Welcome to the podcast, Clay. Hi, Dan. It's good to be with you. So first, can you tell us how you got started in semiconductors? Well, that goes back uh, many decades. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area of California, and back then there was a lot more orchards than semiconductors, but I had a girlfriend in high school, and her father um, worked for a company called Omdahl, um, which was trying to compete with IBM. And so I got exposed to computing and to a certain degree, semiconductors through that relationship. And then uh, that happened when I was in high school. And then I went off to Berkeley and got a degree in uh, electrical engineering. And that started the journey. Interesting. Yeah, I remember Amadal. Uh, I was there. I was in the Bay Area. I grew up here, too. So tell me a little bit about your journey. You know, in, in your introduction, you did computing, security, semiconductors, and EDA. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I got started when I got out of school. I um, got a job in semiconductors. Um, I was working for AMD on um, non-volatile EEPROMs back in the day when they had windows in the packages. Um, but prior to that, I had a summer job at Intel working on uh, microprocessors. And so I knew a bunch of people from Intel from that experience. So I was working at AMD for a while, and then there was a a startup that came up out of Intel. It was called Daisy Systems Corp. And Daisy was in the EDA business. And so I got uh, computed into the EDA business. And I worked for a number of years for Daisy doing a whole bunch of stuff, starting out as an application engineer. And then things were changing and I decided that I wanted to go back into semiconductors. And um, at Daisy, we'd, I had noticed this particular company called Xilinx. And Xilinx had developed some pretty cool technology. And so um, I had a friend of mine who, was, who had moved over and was working for Xilinx. And so I interviewed at Xilinx. And I got a job at Xilinx um, doing some marketing stuff. And then I ended up spending uh, 16 years at Xilinx, uh, joining pre-IPO and um, before there, we did about $50 million first year that I was there. And then we grew that into a multi-billion dollar uh, company, which is pretty widely known today. Yeah, of course. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the FPGA industry as well. So interesting background. What brought you to CashQ? Well, so I have a, I have a, a co-founder. His name's Dave Bennett. And Dave and I have worked together for a long time, actually going back to the Daisy Systems time. But uh, Dave had started a company uh, called NeoCAD. And for those people who really know the FPGA business, NeoCAD developed some technology for vendor independent place and route. And so what happened is that company was purchased by um, Xilinx in 1995, so a number of years ago. 
But that then proved to be the foundation of all the place and route tools that Xilinx had. Um, so as Dave and I were working at Xilinx together, I was running one of the business units and Dave was at one point vice president of all software. And Dave was spending some time looking at how we could expand out our, our user community. Um, so for those people who know FPJs, for the most part, they're designed by hardware engineers. Um, so there's a lot more software developers than there are hardware developers. Uh, so we were looking at ways that we could significantly expand the, the development community. So back then, Dave developed some core technology that would allow you to just take standard high-level language and run it into uh, an FPGA. And so Dave and I tried to start a, start a company to go off and do that back in around 2007. Uh, but 2007 wasn't uh, a good time to actually raise money out of the venture community. And so we tried for a while to do that, we're unsuccessful. And then um, we, ran off, we went off and ran a, a security processor company. And then we did another company that was in the security space. And we, we came back and revisited the whole concept of being able to target, high, take high level languages and accelerate them. And so um, we went back back in 2017 and we looked at this market and said there was still, even though we tried a decade earlier to start it, there was still a big need. And so uh, fortunately, we were able to raise some money um, the early part of 2018 and start CashQ. That's a great story. So what does uh, your product, the, the QCC acceleration platform, what does it actually do? So if you look at it, um, CashQ is actually an acceleration company. So our objective is to be able to take high-level language and make it run faster. And uh, the way that you do that is in this day and age, you essentially run things in parallel. You take serial code and you convert serial code to run it in parallel. Um, and you can do that on a number of different hardware platforms. So QCC is our development environment or our development platform. And at the most basic level, you could look at it as, as a compiler. It can take high level language like C, C++, Fortran, and then generate executables that run in parallel. So from that perspective, it's a compiler. Um, but it's actually a lot more than that because it offers um, a lot more capabilities beyond just compilation. Um, for example, we can profile code, we can run timing simulation on code. We generate all sorts of interesting reports that come out of our development platform that tell users exactly what we've done. But at the core of it is the ability to take serial code and be able to run it on in parallel on a number of different platforms. So within our environment, we can run multi-threaded on CPUs, we can target GPUs and we can target FPJs. And in some cases we can target custom hardware. So think of it as this complete environment that allows you to take in essentially serial code and run it in parallel on a number of different platforms and get acceleration. And I mentioned CPUs, GPUs, FPJs, we're also vendor independent in that, for example, you can look at GPUs and say, we, we can target both NVIDIA and AMD GPUs and get acceleration on both of those 
um, particular technologies. So we're not tied to a particular vendor or a particular technology. Got it. Yeah, you mentioned GPUs. So why GPUs? Um, well, initially, as I explained from our background, we started out, we were at Xilinx for a while. So initially when we did this, we targeted FPGAs. Um, and we can get significant um, acceleration um, running things on FPGAs. Um, but if you actually look at the market today, uh, the number of developers um, targeting GPUs is growing significantly. And so um, to address that, we essentially extended our development platform. We always had this view of being able to run across heterogeneous um, technologies, whether those be CPUs, FPGAs, or GPUs. And so this has just been, um, I would say, an, an extension and a logical progression of our development platform. Um, and so what you get with GPUs is that um, you can get significant acceleration relative to CPUs, and in some cases you can get higher acceleration than FPGAs. So it's just the spectrum and being able to support a broader and broader set of applications across um, the technologies we support. Some things run better multi-threaded in CPUs. Some applications run better in FPGAs and some um, applications run better in GPUs. And so if you can offer all of those to the potential user community, that essentially provides them the spectrum of where the vast majority of, I would say, application acceleration comes from today. Right. So how is your platform, the, the QCC acceleration platform, different from software tools supported by hardware vendors and the open source community? You know, what, what does the playing field look like? Okay, so that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, so for the most part, not exclusively, but for the most part, if you look at vendor supplied tools, um, they support their platform. So if you look at something like CUDA from NVIDIA, CUDA for NVIDIA is used to target NVIDIA GPUs. You cannot use CUDA and actually take CUDA code and run it on AMD GPUs. There is a convoluted way to get there, but you're not gonna get very good results. For the most part, so for the most part, vendor tools are very vendor specific. And that really applies, to, for example, if you look at FPGAs. Um, AMD has their own tools for their FPGAs. Intel has their own tools for their FPGAs. Um, so from that perspective, we are vendor independent and they're not. Then if you actually look at the open source community, the open source community, for example, an open source uh, platform would be something like OpenMP. And in the case of open source tools, they're what I would classify as directive based. So I take my source code and I add pragmas to my source code and via those pragmas, I tell the compiler what to do. So I might say, run this loop parallel. And I want you to implement that parallel execution in this way. So in the case of the open source tools, their directive base, which essentially punts to the developer to tell the compiler what to do. So we have a fundamental different strategy um, we do a lot of analysis on code and figure out how to run it parallel, figure out how to move data between, for example, CPUs and GPUs. All right, so we um, take the approach that 
through intelligence-based analysis that we're going to figure out what loops can be run parallel, how to run those loops most effectively, how to move data in the system. So the, so the open source tools are available. People can download them and use them, but they're going to have to figure out how to run things in parallel, whereas we do that automatically. And the things that we cannot run in parallel, we will provide, ex we provide extensive reporting that says, hey, we cannot run this loop in parallel because of this particular reason. If you address that particular item, then you rerun it through our tools, we'll be able to run it in parallel. Oh, that's a nice feature. Yes. So, so just to summarize, how is this different from traditional development environments? So it's different because we figure out how to do things for the developer. That's where it really comes down to. All the other platforms are saying, Mr. Developer, Mrs. Developer, you figure out and you tell us what can run in parallel and how to do that. Okay, we do not do that. We put the intelligence into our platform to figure out how to do that for the developer. Got it. So what market segments are you focused on? What's, what's best served by the QCC acceleration platform? All right, so what's interesting is there's a lot of various vertical markets that look for acceleration. So we are able to address um, markets where essentially application developers are, are attempting to run things um, faster than standard serial code. Um, so where you see that is uh, you know, scientific computing, um, computational chemistry, computational biology, stuff like that. Um, another area which is broadly, um, which is a broad category and nondescript, but government. There's a bunch of government agencies who do things like encryption and decryption um, where they need to run things um, much faster. Um, the other area which, which is pretty interesting is the whole area of, I'll call it industrial control, industrial um, kind of applications. And what falls into industrial, you could, you could put medical devices into that, um, things of that nature. And then um, the other area which is of interest is there's a lot of interest in the whole aerospace and defense community about being able to run things from higher performance and performance per watt and really drive um, those metrics for their applications. Oh, got it. So you mentioned heterogeneous compute. Uh, so can you give an example of the benefits you know, of a heterogeneous compute development? So if you look at heterogeneous compute, that seems like a mouthful, but that's just using different technologies as part of a, a single solution. So for example, running um, something on a CPU and then algorithmic acceleration on a GPU is essentially a heterogeneous um, platform, right? I run some of the code on the CPU, which is um, in this case, the non-performance critical code. And then I run some code on the GPU where it's the loops that need to be accelerated. So that's an example of a heterogeneous platform. And what we're able to do is figure out what code should run on the CPU and what code should run on the GPU, therefore delivering the optimal solution across the various compute nodes. 
Oh, great explanation. So final question, Clay, um, how can listeners get more information about CashQ and your QCC acceleration platform? You know, how do customers engage with you? Okay, so the, if they're looking for more information, um, obviously we have a, a website, you know, cashq.net. You can just go to our website. And up on our website, there's a number of training videos where people can get a lot more information about our technology and how it works much more than what we've been able to discuss today. So that's a way to get started. And then if they need additional information from us, there's ways to there's ways on the website to actually send us emails um, and we'll respond to those um, in a very, very short period of time. Great. Great discussion, Clay. It's a pleasure to meet you. You know, it's it's kind of a blast from the past because, you know, I'm EDA and and I remember Daisy Invalid and, you know, we used to call him DMV, Daisy Mentor Invalid. And Absolutely. I actually, uh, yeah, I actually spent time with GE Calma and then I went to Zycad. I mean, so many years, I don't even want to think about it, but the uh, thing is. Many people who, re who remember the DMV for Daisy Mentor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is I, I have to get used to calling Xilinx uh, AMD FPGAs. <laughs> uh, well, I have a challenge with that myself. I have to call Altair yeah. Intel and I have to call Xilinx AMD, but that's the evolution yeah. of the business, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how we grew up. Well, nice talking to you, and uh, hopefully we'll get an update from you, you know, maybe towards the end of the year. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, Dan, good spending time talking with you. That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening, and have a great day. Thank you.